friends. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Today, we're going to have some dynamic thoughts from diverse speakers with a biblical viewpoint. Feel free to stick around and prepare to be blessed. And I want us to think about the power of worship in these days, in these uncertain days. Um, And we can get on so many different tangents about what's really going on and, and who's doing what and blaming this person or that person and just being distracted and missing the opportunity <clears throat> to really worship and being quiet before God. There's a lot of great opportunities before us. And I think worship, worshiping our way through our valleys is very, very valuable to getting through our valleys. <clears throat> now think about that. In Psalm 23, verse 4, it says, Yes, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. I want us to change a word if we could in verse 4. Yes, though I worship through the valley. Yes, though I worship through the valley. And I want us to think about worship today. You know, when you think about valleys and you think about mountaintops, there is a significant difference, obviously, uh, between them. You know, for instance, uh, the mountain has a great view. When you climb the mountain, you can see out a great panoramic view, the big picture, we could say. Um, There's such a great um, satisfaction of climbing and, and really conquering the mountain. Uh, we could say the mountains could be good times, could be symbolized as good times. Uh, But in the valley, there's actually many characteristics that are very valuable to the believer. And worshiping our way in the valley gets us through the valley. And I want us to think about that today. So in the valley, there's great fruit. Typically, there is great fertile soil in the valleys because the water comes down and permeates the the ground there and it becomes a very fruitful place. Uh, It's the passage between two peaks. It's it's a place of of crossing over, crossing through. Uh, It's also a place where the temperature in the valley oftentimes feeds the, the weather system on the top of the mountain. So whatever happens in the valley Uh, we could say, affects our mountaintops. The soil is more fertile. It's where water collects. uh, And it's where life is in the valley. Valley, there's life in the valley. Where at the mountaintop, it could be very cold, rocky, and very sterile. Even though there's a great view, there's really no fruit going on in the valley. uh, In the mountaintop. Everything in the valley prepares us for the mountaintop. So, so think about that. Though I worship through the valley, though I worship through the valley. And turn with me to Psalm 9. Now, when you think about worship, worship has so many amazing characteristics. And now, worship doesn't necessarily mean I'm <clears throat> maybe singing or, or um, shouting or having some external expression, but really worship, we could say, is confidence in who God is. We could say that worship is confidence in who God is in Hebrews 11:6. Worship is an attitude. 
we could be very silent and very collected in our in our physical demeanor but inside we could be worshiping God because we are confident in who he is and what he is doing so maybe today you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley the valley is the place where we worship and and progress and advance and move through to the next steps where God brings us to his mountaintops well Psalm 9 talks about this, 9 through 11. It says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, O Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Sing praises to the Lord which dwells in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. Maybe today you're looking at something and you don't sense the, uh, the desire to worship. And I, I want to speak to that for a minute. <clears throat> you know, sometimes people may say, I don't feel like worshiping. Or I feel hypocritical if I'm just doing it out of a routine or some sort of habit. Well, when we start to worship our way through our valleys by concentrating on Him, and having confidence that he is present with us in times of trouble, that he's our refuge. God will awaken in you and I the desire and the experience and the anointing to worship. Now, now worship does several important things in a believer's life. Number one, it clears the atmosphere. It removes distractions. And in a time like this, there can be many voices, many um, things shouting at you. Uh, I've talked to one person recently and they said they just have waves of fear that come and then they go. They're okay and then all of a sudden there's a wave of fear and we've all experienced that. But worship is really a powerful defense for the believer's life. Why? Because as we're uh, taking a moment, this moment is made for worshiping, which is a great lyric to a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman. But we are worshiping our way through the valley, and God promises us to have a fruitful experience, and he'll get us through our valleys. So it clears the atmosphere. The devil cannot hang around a worshiper. In John 4, 23 and 24, a true worshiper is one who worships in spirit and in truth. So it's so much more than, and I love singing, and we appreciate music, and but worshiping is not limited to that. Praise is thanking God for what he has done, and but worship is recognizing, focusing, magnifying on who he is. So, so per, the purpose of worship is, yes, it removes distractions. You know, sometimes when you sit down to read the word or meditate, there can be lots of distractions. Well, worship, taking that time in silence or Maybe there's a song, or maybe there's just a focused meditation. It's an attitude that produces confidence in who God is. That is worship. We've said many times in our ministry over the years that concentrating on the Word of God is the highest form of worship. And this is why in Psalm 138.2, God puts His Word above His very name. Why is that? Because it's worth-ship. He is worthy and he is uh, worthy of all of our praise. <clears throat> Number two, uh, we see that worship 
ministers to God. And this is a very powerful thought in Psalm 22, 3, that he inhabits the praises of his people. So when you and I worship, we're ministering to God Almighty. That's a powerful thought. We're always looking for God to minister to us, God to deliver us, God to fight for us, God to do all the stuff for us. But our worship, it causes us to minister to Him. Just like our prayer in Psalm 141, verse 2, it's like sweet incense to, his, to Him, same as our prayer. He inhabits or He is ministered by the, prayer, uh, by the worship of His people. Number three, worship creates a receptive heart. This is oftentimes why we worship before services. And oftentimes, maybe the lack of worship is why we're not able to receive uh, the Word of God. Sometimes people say, oh, I didn't really get anything out of that message. My question to them was, was, was your heart open to receive from the Word of God? Did you have a receptive heart? Worship what it does is it causes us to focus and, 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 and creates a receptive heart. Uh, worship also realigns our focus. Oftentimes we can be chasing after the wrong thing or a self-ambition or some sort of need. God says, take time, worship me, give me your praise. And I want us to look at that in Psalm 46 together. Yes, though I worship through the valley. I love that. Think about that. Psalm 23, 4. Yes, though I walk, though I worship, though I wait, though I willingly look to you in the valley. It's an amazing thought there that we could really develop there if we had more time. But realigning our focus, boy, having that laser focus, it's so valuable and so powerful in a believer's life. Because meditation really gives us the answers to our deepest questions. Really, it does. Because we're able to focus and really hear God. And it causes us to have a receptive heart. Well, Psalm 46, look at this verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Think, think about that. There is a river, the streams thereof, that make the city of God glad in the holy places of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her. And that right early. Now, think about worship again. Worshiping our way through our valleys. You know, it's interesting. Uh, in Second Chronicles 20, 21, the worshipers went out before the warriors. Think about that. The worshipers prepared the way for the warriors. Uh, we see this in Joshua 6:20. The walls fell down because of a shout of worship. <clears throat> Maybe there's things in front of you today that God is saying, worship me and I will fight and remove the obstructions. I will remove and conquer the resistance. I want you to worship me. I want you to focus on me. I want you to have confidence and trust, knowing and having an attitude of hope, an attitude of hope. That's what worship creates. Well, uh, you know, I was thinking of 
just the value of worship in a believer's life. It produces a few things. Uh, again, we worship our way through our valley. God is not going to leave us where he finds us. God will lead you and I through. God will be faithful in the finances. God will be faithful in the health crisis. God will be faithful in the marriage and the family. Why? Because we are trusting in him and he is trustworthy. God just asks us, can you worship me? Can you thank me for something, even something small? And then it'll grow and grow and grow. And then their attitude will be overcome. Instead of being overcome by the negativity, we will be overcome by his presence. Well, I love these thoughts here. Worship creates deflection and detachment. These are two interesting words uh, as worship is an, is an armor, is our armor. Uh, now, worship creates deflection. Now, what, what does that mean? When you and I are, are concentrating on the presence of God, it is a defense. It deflects and casts down any argument that exalts itself above God in 2 Corinthians 10.5. Think about it. You're in my worship uh, really is creating a confidence in who God is. Therefore, it deflects or pushes back anything that uh, is formed against us or argues against the nature of God. And it def just like a, um, in Isaiah 21.5, a very interesting verse, Isaiah 21.5, they would anoint their shields in battle. And when a fiery dart would come, it would hit the oil on the shield and it would, it would um, quench it and deflect that fire from taking over and consuming that armor. 21.5 of Isaiah, anoint your shields. This is, this is saying in a lot of ways, in a spiritual way, be anointed in your attitude of worship and I will quench or deflect or push back whatever Satan is coming against you in. Number two, Worship is, it detaches us. Now, that's an interesting word in 2 Timothy 2, 4, and I want to understand that with you uh, properly because so we're in such an emotional world where we can have so many things attach to us. And uh, we can have clinging spirits in Mark 9 attached to us like Peter did and have our confession be that which communicates right from the dust in, in Isaiah 8, 19. And it can communicate right from the devil. You know, we can be a ventriloquist where we are communicating another kingdom. This is why worship helps us to detach or be detached from those things from another kingdom. Detached from negativity. Detached from worry. Detached from fear. Detached from panic. Detached from anxiety. Worship is our insulation. It's our buffer. It is our way through our valley. And when we worship in spirit and truth, we understand that the worship of who God is, and John 1, 1, the word that describes who he is, they are absolutely in tandem. They cannot be separated. And so worship and the word are uh, they are they they are attached absolutely and and uh, they are one they're absolutely one okay look at this with me if you would second Timothy two four 
don't put worship in a box is what I want to say today. Worship through your valley. Maybe that means you're thinking about something that God has done in your life and he showing the impossibility that became possible. The answer to prayer when there was no answers, when there was peace, when there shouldn't have been any peace. God is saying, I'm creating in you a receptive heart. I'm creating in you a clean heart. I'm creating in you an anointed way. I'm creating in you a capacity to receive something greater of me. Well, being detached, being untangled, so easy to get tangled here. In 2 Timothy 2.4, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Detached. You know, it's very easy to be uh, tangled up in the, the affairs of this life. Paul is saying the way to be a good soldier and to please your master is to be detached or untangled. Now, how does this happen? Well, we see that we think with God and not our emotions. We think with God and not our emotions. Now, if we watch the news and it's good to be informed, but we can be obsessive and compulsive, actually, because the information that we are taking in is uh, attached to the emotional uh, stresses that we see all around us. Now, it's good to be prepared. It's very good to be informed. It's very good to know what's going on. But, but then there becomes this obsession to, or this addiction, <clears throat> where we just need to be, hear it every second to somehow uh, not miss a thing. Well, I would say that would create an unhealthy attachment. Uh, some relationships could even be toxic, where there could be a soul attachment where that person uh, has power over you or I based on us trying to please them or somehow trying to uh, be their friend and be all that they need us to be, when actually that is impossible. God is the only one designed to meet the needs of each one. So worship helps us detach it doesn't cause us to be insensitive. It just causes us to be wise, to focus on the kingdom issues, to be wise, to be concentrated on the mood of the Holy Spirit. Now, I use that word mood in a healthy way because when you look at music, music oftentimes defines the culture. It defines the mood of the culture. Uh, we can see this uh, maybe as an example where Saul, when he had a troubled spirit. He'd have David come and play for him because it relaxed him. Music can be very powerful, just like rock and roll conjures up demons. And yes, it does. It conjures up demons and it, and it energizes the air. That's why rock and roll and, and music is very important to make sure that the music we listen to, how does it affect us? Does it drink, bring us to God or does it bring us deeper into ourself? Worship, we, we worship someone or something, all of us do. We do. So when we worship God, it's, it's, it's more than just music. It's a presence that we're focusing on that we elevate. And like we just read in Psalm 9, it is something where we declare something about someone. That declaration leads to a confidence. So practically speaking today, we are deflecting. The Lord is deflecting and then we're being detached where... 
we are less and less living in our emotions. We're less and less living in our anger, less and less living in our, uh, our, our, our overdrived mind that's trying to figure out an answer to, to a pending uh, and looming problem. Worship is very, very valuable because it keeps us focusing on the right things. Well, in the valley, as we worship in Isaiah 22:1, God gives us a vision in the valley. Maybe uh, things are good for you today, and that's awesome. Let's enjoy those mountaintop experiences where you get up to the peak and you can actually see all that's been going on, and you have a big picture. Thank God for those times. And I believe that uh, in the times that we're living in, we will have great wisdom added in this valley, this pandemic. We are having wisdom added deeply into our hearts. So when we go to the mountaintop, we know how to see things for what they really are. Like our nation, with you, I'm very burdened. And this is why we're sharing with our neighbors and we're ministering uh, to people that we come across with. Why? We're ministering hope. We have confidence in who he is in 11.6 of, of Hebrews. And we're not casting away our confidence in Hebrews 10.35 and 36. We are holding on to him as our great anchor and security. Worship through your valley today. Maybe, again, don't minimize it and say it's a feeling or an experience. No, worship is not a feeling and it's not an experience only. It is confidence in the nature and character of God. It is an attitude, just like prayer is praying without ceasing, is really an attitude of dependency, an attitude of reliance, an attitude of concentration, an attitude of, of casting all our care on Him because He cares for you and I in 1 Peter 5, 7. What, what, an amazing, what an amazing provision, just like a fireman that goes into the fire he wears protective gear. This is what worship does for us. We put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the loins of truth, the feet of the preparation of the gospel, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. Uh, it's so very important that worship be part of our absolute armor every day. Now, again, it could just be, we just take a minute, we say, Lord, I'm gonna lift you up above everything else today. Lord, I'm going to prepare my heart before you. Before I start my day, I'm going to be on my knees before you. And I'm going to uh, really just let you unclutter my life. And this is kind of interesting. Two, two more things here. I know we're giving a lot of content today, but and you're such a good listener and follower as we're all learning this, really. But uh, worship does two other things in our life. It helps unclutter our life. You know, some things can be buried in our life. You know, maybe our vision or call or dream or some sort of word that God gave to you years ago. It can get cluttered and buried under life stresses and details and the good of life. Worship unclutters, removes, and unburies those things. It's amazing. Worship does that. Worship helps us prioritize those things that God has said to us. Has God changed his mind? He has not. He has not. Sometimes people say this, I haven't heard from God, or he hasn't answered my prayer in a long time. My question is, what has he said to you of old? Have you and I followed through and obeyed what he said originally? 
Because oftentimes God will not do the next thing until I've done the first thing that he's asked us to do. Now, that, that may cause us to stop for a minute and be silent. And that silence can be worship. Why? Because we're focused on him. We're having him create in us a receptive heart. Yes, though I worship through the valley. Yes, though I wait in the valley. Yes, though I am still in the valley. Uh, we will not fear evil. So whatever God has said to you originally, go back there. Go back there. What, maybe that's finishing Bible college. Maybe that is uh, taking a few moments and giving him the first fruits of your day. Maybe that's uh, honoring him by uh, making him known to people in your, in your life, uh, leading your family, uh, being prayerful, uh, leading your spouse in prayer. Whatever it is, do the first thing and God will lead you to the second thing. It's amazing. So worship causes us to be uncluttered to prioritize and then he will do the fighting for us in Exodus 14 14 don't forget that it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing the worshipers went out before the warriors well I like I'd like us to close <clears throat> and uh, worship through your valley worship exalt him exalt him give him the praise why because he is faithful in Isaiah 55 12 this is a great promise it says this it says you will indeed go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, a cypress will grow. Instead of a briar, a myrtle will spring up. They will make the name uh, they will make a name for the Lord as an everlasting sign and never be destroyed. This is a great promise. Divine reversals. Where do they start? They start in worshiping. Where do we find God? We find him in worship. Uh, where do we hear God? In worship. Where is it that we find peace and we are detached and attached in the spirit, in agreement with the spirit? It's found in worshiping. Where does deflection happen? Uh, you know, I hear uh, recently through a, a psychologist mentioned just the emotional trauma of what this pandemic can create in people's lives. But it doesn't have to happen because why? Worship. We worship through our valley. We say his name. <clears throat> we say, who are you, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? You will become a plain. You will become something I walk over in Zechariah 4. What is it? the name Jesus, saying the name Jesus. Maybe that's all we can say. Jesus, that is an attitude and confidence in who he is, and that is worship. Worship. This is a key element to releasing the power of God in our lives through worship. Worshiping in the word, worshiping in our relationships, worshiping in our personal life, worshiping in weakness, Think about that. Jacob leaned on his staff and he worshiped God. Instead of trying not to sin, we just start worshiping and then sin no longer is an issue. In temptation, we worship and then all of a sudden worship dismantles the atmosphere. In our arguments or in our conflict resolutions or unresolved conflicts, 
we worship and what happens? Worship our way through the valley. So we find God in, and he creates that fertile life and he brings us through and we know him greater. We know him deeper. We know him in a personal way. My prayer to you as I close is ask God in a personal way, what does it mean to worship? Maybe uh, it may be different. Maybe David danced before the Lord. Uh, maybe it's, it's silence. Maybe it's praise. Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's shouting. Maybe it's declaring Bible verses, walking around declaring the Bible verses. Whatever produces confidence in the nature and character of God is worship. So, Lord, we worship you today. We give you the praise. God, show us what it means to worship you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Declutter our lives. Detach us from those things that entangle us. Deflect the atmosphere. Uh, let your spirit go forth and dismantle uh, the devil's strategies. Lord, today release us from any fear, anything that is causing us to have our head look down, but you are the lifter of our head in Psalm 3.3. Thank you, Lord. Lord, create in us as we worship our way through the valley, uh, we will know your rod and your staff comfort us. We will not fear any evil and death it's a shadow, it's an illusion, it's an elusive thing that will not lead us in bondage. Thank you, Lord. Today we worship you, we give you praise, we lift our hands, our hearts, our attitude. Father, we give you the praise knowing that you are worthy of all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome.